Hello there. Are you sure you're in the right place? See the name on the door? This podcast is spine chillers and serial killers. Surely you don't want to come in here. You do. Well, I must warn you that things are pretty adult in here. Absolutely no children are allowed. Obscene language, shocking and horrendous stories to chill you to your core, and terrifying tales that'll keep you up at night. The ladies inside aren't quite right. Lovely and hilarious, but very... strange. Still want in, do you? Well, you'll get what you're here for. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. I'm Becky. I'm Tash. And I'm Emma. Hello. Hello. We are back again. I know. I I can't remember how to do it. (laughs) I mean, it's been a hot minute, hasn't it? It's been a while. Hey, can we just take a minute to talk about our doorman, Edward October? Thank you so much, Edward. You are a superstar and we are very excited to have you every single week seeing us in. Uh, Absolutely. And to be fair, I might be biased, but I think that's the best listener discretion I've ever heard. Yeah. Very original, isn't it? Yeah. He's a superstar and he's keeping out the riffraff. Oh, yeah. So I don't want no riffraff around here. Yeah. So if he's let you in... You're a sicko. But welcome, because so are we. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, sorry. Sorry that we've been gone for so long. But, you know, we've been busy. Well, we did try. We meant to be earlier, but then just life. Boy, have we tried. (laughs) No, it's like the plague got in the way. I got COVID, then Tash got tonsillitis, and everybody was just like, I'm too sick. I'm too sick. Yeah. But we're back. We're back now, guys. Full form. Back, baby. Lucky you. So what's new with everyone? I moved house. Congratulations. All settled. That- happy. Uh, I would absolutely not say settled. It, it's absolute chaos. I would not recommend moving house to anybody. No, it's ball lake, isn't it? It's just, I don't know where to put stuff. I don't know where anything goes. I don't know where anything is. It's just chaos. Um, but happy, yes, because it's gorgeous where oh, we are. Amazing. It is. It's lovely. And I adopted two new little puppies. So we have two mascots now. We've got Poppy Aww. on Tasha's side. And uh, Hero and Precious that we rescued end of the summer from Romania. So, yeah, if you hear yapping, yeah, that's what it is. They're just here listening along. Well, because I've got nowhere else to put them because they both would quite like a nibble on the pussycats and we can't have that. No, we cannot. Albert does not want to be nibbled. Albert does not want to be nibbled. (laughs) No. So hopefully they behave. They're fast asleep at the minute. So they're good. So yeah, so I'm the crazy person who moves house, adopts traumatised dogs from Romania at the same time. Yeah, fun. What about you guys? Um, I feel like my life has changed immensely. 
Oh, do tell. I am just about to start a new job. I am leaving the service industry and I am going into childcare. Oh, little babies. Yeah, so no more pub life for me, guys, but boy, am I ready for this change. The service industry is great, don't get me wrong, had a lot of happy times there, but yeah. it gets to a point when you're like, I just can't do this anymore. No, exactly. And I just feel like my work-life balance, well, there was none. I felt like I was either at work or exhausted. Yeah. So I'm no longer going to be working weekends, which is going to be an immense change for me because I've never not had a job that's weekends. Like yeah. I've always, always worked weekends since I was like 15 and first started getting jobs. Mm. So that's going to be a massive change for me. But also it's just restoring my work-life balance. It's going to be better for me and the kids. So that is very exciting. That's really exciting. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, it's funny because I say, I've been saying for like the last four years, that I felt more like myself and every year that seems to grow even more but I really really am really happy with the change that's coming I'm excited for the future once I'm settled in my job 2024 really could be the year that I find the man of my dreams maybe fingers crossed mate fingers Fingers crossed but you don't need a man to be happy I don't need a man to be happy you're absolutely right I'm very very content and happy now yeah, it sounds like you're nailing it as it yeah, is. Yeah, so that's so exciting. Yeah. Bex? I'm just trying to think what's happened. What have I done? <laughs> I went on went on holiday. That was nice. <laughs> Did nice little holly bobs. On, on holiday. Um Yeah, no, it was just nice. It was just nice to have a little time off with the kids over the summer. And then back to work, back to the grind. That's what basically what it was. You're such a lovely mummy. You're like, oh, it's nice to have time with the kids. And I was like, fucking, when is it time? I mean, yeah, yeah, but you, you've, had, you've had your kids at home homeschooling as well, a lot yeah. more than what I did. So, yeah, no. It's like, I love you so much, but can it be time to go to school I mean, now? Becky's a really nice mum. She took Aww. her children on holiday. I went away without my children. Like, that's the type of mum I am. <laughs> oh, you came here to see us. <laughs> I did, Tash I did. came and visited us. So that, that was great. Yeah. So that was oh, a holiday. Oh, did. Yes. God, that feels like a million years ago now. Oh, a lifetime ago. Oh, that was so much fun. We de- did have a great time. Yeah. The we? thing is, with you guys, and everybody should have friends like this, no matter how long we go without seeing each other, when we see each other, it's just like we saw each other last week. Yeah. It really is, isn't it? Really it? Is. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. It really is. We just all look a bit older each time. Oh, shut up. No, we don't. We're gorgeous. 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 Timeless. <laughs> timeless. Timeless. <laughs> Did you, um, have you, well, I think I told you, I must have told you guys, uh, but um, have you heard of that little boy called Emile who's gone missing in France? I haven't, no. no. So it happened at the beginning of July. You know what it's like with summer holidays over here. It finishes the first week of July and that's it. The kids are off school for, two, for two months until September. So you have to, obviously people yeah. don't have that long of work unless you're super lucky. 
so often it's the grandparents that have to look after the the kids. So this little boy called Emile was is two, and they were, he was staying at his grandparents' house, and apparently they were packing the car, and he disappeared. They're in a typical French hamlet, you know, just like in those little groups of houses that you get. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Nothing. No one has seen anything. They've had search millions, loads of people out searching the whole area. And it's like a mountainous area. So I think maybe he fell. Maybe this, maybe that. Two people in the little hamlet actually did see him. One of them just saw, saw him running down the road. And then the other one as well, same thing, just running down the road. And I was thinking, if you see a two-year-old out, do you not look to see if someone else is with them? A two-year-old? Because that's a baby. Yeah. yeah, you do, don't you? I mean, even I went um, I went to Spain at the weekend, actually. And we were walking down, like, you know, like the, the front of the, the yeah. seafront. The promenade, yeah. And there was a, a little girl crying and I was like really watching to see if she was on her own like who come and scooped her up and like it was very obviously her mummy that came and got her but I really was like observing that situation before like and when I say for it wasn't like two minutes I was watching not even that like split second I was watching it to see what that eventuality was and what was happening and it, it just the mind boggles that people wouldn't query what's happening yeah well yeah i think i think i always would have done with a with a with a two-year-old because they still look like babies as well they're barely you know they've not long been walking yeah. some of them and and anyway so two people see him disappear well see saw him in the village and they didn't bother saying anything about it and he's just a disappeared so they've had like cadaver dogs out they've had everyone out and the the dogs just lose scent at a certain place i think i think he's been run over oh shit that's what i think's happened someone's run him over because he's only little he's just like that hor that bad height that you can't see it when you're in a car yeah i reckon someone's run him over and then grabbed him and i don't know buried him somewhere i hope <sighs> i mean i hope he's found alive and that's not right so when was this? This was at right. right at the beginning of July. So yeah, anyway, I was what what it was is it happened I think on the the week before we went on holiday, like 3 days before we went on holiday. My uh 3-year-old basically did the same thing. She was there one minute and then the next minute she completely disappeared in oh, a shit. large campsite. So it was all, you know, with mobile homes. Uh, but it's huge. It's a massive campsite and this massive like pool area and stuff. And she just uh, disappeared from from our van. And it was only like ten minutes. But in those ten minutes, we were running round. No, my husband was panicking, and I was trying to keep a straight head. And I was like, where would she have gone? I was like, I'm sure she would have gone to the pool. So we start running down, but I was running round, tits flying everywhere shouting at people <laughs> saying oh have you seen a three-year-old but I've, i could see it on their faces basically like well it's a campsite and it's full of children here yeah everyone's free everyone's three here uh but and we ended up finding her by by the pool and the whole pool area had like a childproof gate and fence thing around it so she couldn't have got in by herself uh but yeah those 10 minutes felt like forever Terrifying. and i did think <gasps> think of those poor parents thinking they didn't have that moment of relief of when we yeah. found her a few minutes later Awful. but she went it was a good five even 10 minute walk to the 
swimming pool and she must have flown there. She must have been absolutely pegging it running down there because when we ran towards the road where you could kind of, not the road, you know, the road through the campsite, we couldn't see her. She must have like really booked it and I'd only stopped speaking to her about a minute before because I was just washing up and no, and my wow. husband was like opposite. So I have no idea how she just disappeared. Little monkey. Anyway. I hope she, I hope she got told you can never ever do that oh, again. Oh yeah. Yeah, I did. I mean, she was really upset. <gasps> she realized that she'd made a mistake when she was like, actually, where am I now? This isn't good. Yeah. She'd started yeah. panicking, but yeah. Oh. And then when we came back, we did, we did see quite a few people that we'd seen. They were like, oh, you found her. And one of them, a couple, oh, bless some people though. Some of them had actually started running around looking for her as well. So they were really... Oh, bless. Yeah, they said two, these two ladies and then a, a dad and his kid. So that was really nice of them. That I know that feeling because um, it's just that split second. I mean, 10 minutes, I would have been in hysterics, not going to lie. But sometimes, especially now, my oh, oh, there's been a very sad moment over the summer holidays. My eldest child will no longer hold my hand. Oh, my God. She's too cool for that now. Oh, no, I disagree. I think you're cool. Yeah, I think you're cool. <laughs> yeah. I didn't help, though, because when I picked her up from school the other day, she actually held my hand and I did a little song and dance because she was holding my hand. So she immediately <laughs> let go. <laughs> but yes, so that happened. That split second, like if I'm in a shop or something and they're just behind me, you know, they've just stopped to look at a packet of biscuits or something and I can't see them. The the panic, the, the absolute your heart just drops. Yeah. I, I, I can't imagine having a child go missing. I really can't. It must be the worst thing. Yeah. Horrible. Absolute downer, Bex. Oh, Wait sorry. to start the podcast. Yeah. I thought that was going to turn out of, oh, he went missing and he got found. No. No, I'll have to let you know if, if anything happens. But no, he's still a his little blonde boy. terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, but now... Now it's all it's all coming out a bit weird that they're saying actually the grandparents didn't see him for half an hour or actually that maybe he got up because the f- the story that we got at first was they turned around while they were packing the car then it's actually he was doing having a nap and he must have walked out of the house so I There's don't really know what's going on. There's got to be something more to it because a child of that age they're not that fast. Yeah, yeah, but and, and two people definitely saw him leave the village, so... That's wild. But hopefully he'll be found. I hate to be the pessimist, but after two months, it's not looking good, is that it? That week where, where, it dis- where he disappeared was, what the... It was so hot, it was like oh. 35 degrees, which is what, in the 90s in Fahrenheit? I'm not really sure. But uh, it's super, super hot. So Hot as balls. Hot as balls. So a two-year-old who hasn't got access to water probably wouldn't last very long. Jesus. Mm, but they still haven't found him, so I really think someone's taken him. But yeah, after all that joyous, well, horrible, horrible story, What what's up, Emma? What's going on? What do you want? No, 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 you're starting this week. Oh, I thought you had a little, th- have a, had some announcements to make. For some reason. Uh, Do you? I don't really, no. Oh, something really good did happen. 
I don't know. This could help somebody else out there. I have a condition where I can't sleep at night and I, what, the only thing I just, it's a bit like that. Yeah. But the, oh, I can't sleep because I have to eat. So I get up at God knows what time and just like fridge binge, basically. Really? Uh, for hours. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's a real pain and it's probably one of the reasons I'm fat. Anyway. Hold on. No, 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 no. I've got more questions about this. Have you always had this? Uh, I've had it, yeah, for a while. Yeah, definitely for uh, three, four years. What, so you just wake up and need to go and eat? Yeah, and it's just like, I need to go and eat right this minute. So, my, Sorry, I've got loads of questions about this. I'm sure you didn't expect all these questions. It's fine, it's Are fine. Are you like... like genuinely hungry or is it boredom no it's like i need to go and eat because i've got low sugar yeah something like that yeah yeah because it could be diabetes or whatever you know like when you're starving like i get it if i don't eat like all day and (laughs) and then at like three o'clock i'm like oh my god i'm gonna die if i don't eat like like hungry like that yeah it is it's like that wow so, yeah, it's a real nuisance because, like, I spend half the night having to eat. Anyway, I finally got a diagnosis. So anybody else there that's out there that suffers with this, it's called insomnium nom 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 nomia. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I really I was like, why haven't we heard of this, Mike, more often? She hasn't mentioned it before. I, I was like, hold on, we've been friends for so long and you've never mentioned this. And I'm like coming at you with a list of fucking questions. <laughs> Do you know what my next statement was going to be to you? Well. I was going to say, I find that so weird. It's like when people wake up in the middle of the night and they need to shit. Like, how are you waking up in the middle of the night needing a pill or hungry? I find that yeah, crazy. Yeah, because when you sleep, your belly's asleep. I mean, I, I understand if you've got, yeah. got the shits and you need to go and have a bit of diarrhea. Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about uh, you've got an upset tummy. Well, if you have diarrhea, I'm pretty sure you wake up needing a poo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's different if you're unwell. I know that obviously that was a joke and I loved it, but you do hear of people actually waking up in the night hungry. Yeah. And I just think that's wild. Like, I think it's weird when someone's like, oh yeah, I woke up. I wake up in the night and I need a poo. Like, I think that's weird. (laughs) We are back because we're talking about shit. (laughs) Let's talk about shit. (laughs) Oh, Tash, you made that joke so much better. You made that joke so much better. You were so into it. I really was. I really was so shocked that you'd never told us that you had this weird thing that you did in the night. And your answers were so convincing. Listen, I, I typed in Google, is it normal to poo in the night? And it says, if it's a rare occurrence, you might think of it as a little more than an inconvenience. If it's a regular routine that includes one or more bathroom trips per night, it could signal a health problem. Called nocturia, 
and that might impair the quality of your sleep or set you up for a dangerous fall in the dark. Oh, well, there you go. You could fall over needing a shit. I also like the name, Noctur- Nocturia. So they've taken Nocturne. Nocturne? Nocturne? Nocturne. What's it? Nocturnal. Nocturnal. That's the English word. Nocturnal and diarrhea. Yeah. Stuck them together. Yeah. And that, that's the word that you said <laughs> that I can't remember. I don't want to hear the word diarrhea and sticking <laughs> to something else in a sentence. <laughs> Right, we are most definitely right. back. Diarrhea, Hi, shit. Hi, everyone. Hello. You missed us. Yeah. Should we do a bit of true I crime? Missed I missed us. Yeah, I missed let's... this. I did. Yeah. Right. Left. <sighs> I'm sorry. That's my You're going to create problems. <laughs> you didn't Steal step a up, joke. Tash. I didn't. I'm so sorry. She's ill. She has a tonsillitis. Tonsillitis. Which is horrible, and I'm not jealous at the minute that you have it. It's so awful. I'm sure I've had it before when we're recording. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Just we are like weaklings, the aren't podcasters. We? We're basically little petri dishes. So sick, so jammy. It does it's- mean that I've got a sexy, husky voice, but I've also got the muttly laugh. And that will be with us now for about four weeks. Brilliant. <laughs> laugh. Brilliant. I love the so muttly laugh. That's always exciting. Love it. I'm glad. I'm actually happy you've got tonsillitis. There, I've said Thanks. it. Thanks. I've said it. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> Absolute f- night fridge raider. <laughs> Insomnia. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Go on. Poopy midnight. Right. My Left. story this week <laughs> is, <laughs> is about a guy called Ryan Carter Poston. So Ryan Possum. was born. Oh, hello, Ryan. Poston. P O S T O N. Poston. Okay. Welcome to the story, oh, N. Ryan. N for Natalie at the end. Poston. Poston. N for Natalie. Sorry, my name's Natasha. Why are you going straight to <laughs> Natalie? Because at work, Natasha isn't very a name that we get all the time around here. We get a lot of Natalies, but not a lot of Natashas. I mean, and arguably, you literally you never call me Natasha. Do you know where you yeah. do get a lot of Natashas? yeah anyway moving on that's where where we found and adopted you wasn't it that was horrible i'm trying not to make you laugh and hurt your little chest um anyway so ryan she just said you had a little chest tash oh i was like no no they haven't noticed i have got small tits it's It's not what i meant i meant your poor little chest this podcast is gonna play for new titties soon so don't worry more than a handful's a waste that's what they say exactly too much right (laughs) so ryan carter poston with an n for natasha (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> was born on the 30th of December 1982 in Fort Mitchell, Kentucky. His parents were Lisa Carter and Jay Poston. He had three younger sisters, Alison, Catherine and Elizabeth. His parents got divorced when he was young, but he was really close to both parents. And when his mum later remarried to a man called Peter Carter, Ryan thought of him as a second father. So Ryan actually even changed his middle name to Carter to show how much he loved the two father figures he had in his life. Ryan would eventually go to law school at the Northern Kentucky University in Highland Heights. After completing his Juris Doctor degree, 
Ryan began working as an attorney in Cincinnati, Ohio. So, all good so far. His grandfather... (laughs) I actually thought somebody had walked in the room and you'd gone, Oh, hi! (laughs) Oh, hi all! (laughs) What a dickhead! I was like, that's random, she's just carrying on. (laughs) Yeah, I just randomly have visitors at quarter past ten at night. Oh, hi all! Have you ever heard me say that to anyone? Oh, hi all! (laughs) Mickey Mouse! Oh, hi all! (laughs) I'm fucking stupid. (laughs) Let's carry on. So anyway, Ryan's grandfather, James Poston Sr., was also an attorney for 54 years. And also, family business. Yeah, and also was Ryan's uncle, James Poston, also practiced law. Uh, so Ryan met Lauren Worley in, a, in 2009. So a love interest, and things moved fast for the couple. Lauren was studying at Chase Law School near Cincinnati. It's the same school that Ryan had recently graduated from. Before long, the pair shared an apartment and eventually two puppies called Lily and Max. Lauren would later say that it was really love at first sight. And she remembers thinking, I cannot believe he wants to date me. Oh, But Ryan was also like amazed by her. Ryan's other passion, sigh, was actually it was guns. So, oh. massive eye roll. Red flag! Ryan can't be perfect, but Ryan's perfect in every way, apart from His love this for massive guns. red flag. Yeah. So he just he just loved them. He had quite the collection. Apparently he would have one in his boot and one is in his holster. So he thinks he's a fucking cowboy. <laughs> all I can, when someone says, I have a gun in my boot, all I think is Woody. In to- I'm just imagining <laughs> yeah. they're dressed like Woody. I'm smoking my boot. Yeah. Somebody poison the water hole. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I imagined him to dress. But no, he was like this super, super good looking guy. And so, and so is Lauren, gorgeous, gorgeous. Just, you know, those people that are really good looking and then they get together and they make a really good looking couple. Yeah. That's Lauren and, yeah. Lauren and Ryan. Arseholes. <laughs> <laughs> and they're both intelligent. Nah, but they have really boring sex, so don't worry. Yeah, really, really, really vanilla. Yeah. With extra vanilla sprinkle. No bum stuff. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Right, so Ryan, perfect guy, but is a bit obsessed with guns. But also doesn't do butt stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Which, is it a red flag for us because we're not used to that, or is that just a bit of a red flag? I don't know. Anyone? Americans, right in. Loads of guns, obsessed with guns, red flag, or totally normal? I expect it depends how obsessed. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think he was a, just a fan. I don't think he was like kissing them all goodnight before he went to bed mm. deep throating them and stuff <laughs> hello but he oh. <laughs> that's a thing isn't it there's a show what about deep What's throating the shows guns? no there's a tv show with a woman like masturbates with a gun there's a tv show with a woman who masturbates with a gun it wasn't porn it was a show are you watching porn oh and not no, no there is there is 
and what is it i can't remember it's on netflix is it beef beef it's called beef, beef. that's it see masturbating her beef curtains with her gun I was just about to say that. I was like, oh, no, I probably shouldn't. But Tash went there. <laughs> I also think, what would that do? It would just be, it just feels square and hard. It might be cold. That might be a nice sensation. But anyway, let's move on yeah. from that. Oh, I mean, there are the safer ways, like ice cubes. But also, might not have had a bullet in it. What would you ever do? Be like, oh, I feel a bit hot. I might go and drink some water. That's possibly a bit cold. Or I might go and masturbate with my really cold gun. <laughs> what do you think will cool you down? I don't think she's doing it to cool down, but I'm just gonna go. <laughs> Anyway, shall I, get on, shall I just get on my story yeah. now? <laughs> Do you remember that, was it this year or last year, that they had to actually tell people to stop shoving ice lollies up their vagus when it was really hot? <laughs> yeah, it, was, it, was, it was, must have been last year. I'm sure it happens yeah. all the time. Who's doing that? Yeah. Every year, every time it's hot. Every time it I gets mean, above that screams a screams at me, like, no thank you. No, exactly. Well, it screams like brain freeze, but for your fanny. Fanny freeze. Fanny daggers. Oh. Anyway, story time. Yeah, Ryan loves his guns. But Lauren said that the type of, with the type of person that Ryan was and the fact that he did like his guns, it made her feel protected. So uh, although the couple fell so hard in love in the beginning, they decided to call it quits after a year and a half of dating. Stating being too young to settle down as their reasons because Lauren was still in law school at the time. Both of them left the relationship on good terms, and they both kind of broke up thinking maybe they'll get back together at one point. Yeah. After they've kind of, like, gone and grown up. After their breakup, both Lauren and Ryan both entered a rebound stage of their, like, end of their relationship, and they both began dating other people. Ryan is a super good-looking, successful guy. He looks like he could play a part in, like, a really hot vampire series. Oh, That's nice. kind of his look. A bit like, ooh. Is it True Blood? Is that yeah. the one? You know, just like... Like that. That's how he looks. He looks like that. Yeah. Oh, I just got deja vu. What, of me going... Nah, nah. <laughs> you saying sexy vampire guy and me going, yeah. I think we've definitely spoke about sexy vampires here before. Yeah, probably, probably. I love how we all know... What she means by going, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Is that how we it's look? a universal nah, 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 language, nah, nah, nah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, everyone knows. It, no matter what language, yeah, we know what that means. So anyway, he didn't have any trouble attracting female attention. Is what I'm trying to get across. We got that, yeah, yeah. So eventually, Ryan met a girl called Shayna Hubers. So she was a friend of one of Ryan's step-cousins and they started talking after Ryan liked one of her bikini photos on Facebook. Oh, Ryan. Wink, wink. Yeah. So Shayna was like, ooh, he's Oh, fit. you liked that photo, did you? Do you? Ooh. Shayna was 20 at the time when she met Ryan, who was 28, and she quickly fell for him. Shana was a psychology student at the University of Kentucky in Lexington, about 80 miles from Highland Heights, where Ryan is. So I don't know how they made this work. 80 miles is fucking far away. 
Yeah, it's far. I wouldn't date someone 80 miles away. That is a long way, isn't it? Yeah. I'm about to say something now that I really don't know. <laughs> Go on, say it. She graduated the cum loud. Sorry? She gra- graduated from cum loud university after cum only three loud. years. Cum C-U-M-L-A-U-D-E. Cum yeah. loud. <laughs> Oh, come loud. <laughs> come on, come loud. <laughs> so anyway, right, she... That, we're very mature, moving on. Yeah. So anyway, she, she graduated that that school after only three years. That school. That That place. So that's why she's now at the University of Kentucky pursuing a master's degree. She's forward in her um, schooling. I wonder how you get an honorary bachelorette from there. What, from cum school? Yeah. A bachelorette? Is that what it's called? No. What, is it a bachelor's degree? Have I made that yeah. up? Yeah. What's a bachelorette? Yeah. It's like a stag do. <laughs> <laughs> a hen do. Bachelorette pie. Yeah. Oh. Nice one, Tash. Yeah, well done. Well, we didn't go to university, but we know yeah. how to come round. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, I'm going to cringe about that tonight, <laughs> saying that. Why do I say stupid things on the podcast all the time? Anyway, so Shana's friends and schoolmates considered her intellect as genius level. Ooh. And so did Shana herself. Oh. She's one of those. I'm so smart. So anyway, so the couple dated on and off for a year and a half. It wasn't a really serious relationship. Like I said, Ryan was on his rebound. And it's 80 miles away. Yeah, so far. So far. And Ryan was also super, super busy with work. He's an attorney. So it's like one of those jobs where you're married to your work, especially while you're young, while you're making a name for yourself. Yeah. Um. So he wasn't really looking for anyone at that time. But Shana was kind of like infatuated with him she he to her he had everything he had the looks he was had a good job she it's just got wanted a gun to, in his boot you know yeah <laughs> got a gun it's living life <laughs> yeah so she just wanted him to to wife her up basically she ended up became increasingly like clingy to him she ended up had a girl so in the beginning, when they first got together, she was like, like I just said, she was like, wow. So she wanted him to settle down with her. And then as the relationship was going on, and she realized that she wasn't becoming successful in actually making their kind of just seeing each other into a proper relationship. Mm-hmm. So she actually developed a, an obsession with Ryan that verged on disturbing at times. So Shayna would blow up Ryan's phone with up to 100 texts a day. She was just going a little bit mental. Ryan didn't want to be with her anymore, but he was just, he didn't really know how to let her go. So he was messaging one of his friends uh, saying that Shayna was probably the craziest fucking person that he's ever met and that she almost scares him. Mm. She's scaring me, 100 texts a day. Yeah. <laughs> has time Training. and she's at uni what's she yeah, doing well she's not coming loud that's what she's not doing no <laughs> no she did that in three years so maybe she did that and that's why she's so obsessed with him mm. Mm. 
Why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> Why are you so obsessed with me? Mm. So Ryan tried to split up with her many times, but Shayna would like start crying, and he was just too nice and didn't want to hurt her feelings. So he knew that he needed to split up with her, yet he just felt sorry for her when she got upset because he didn't want to upset her. It's not nice. So Ryan, because he's a player, then connected with a beautiful blonde called Audrey Bolt through Facebook again. I I don't know how this story is going to go, but if I were you, I would not get involved with this. This, to me, Audrey, I'd run away. She doesn't know that, does she? She just met a hot guy. Hot guy on Facebook. Yeah. So. I'm I'm not feeling it for Audrey. Ah, you're too used to my stories. (laughs) (laughs) So Audrey at the time was 23 and a gorgeous blonde. She had that classic American beauty look and the kind of girl that Ryan might eventually bring home to meet the parents. She was also crowned Miss Ohio 2012 and became and was runner up for Miss USA in the same year. So she's pretty. Super we get beautiful. it. She's pretty. Yeah, pretty, pretty hot. She's, she's hot. okay, I guess. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> no, all of the women in Ryan's life are absolutely drop dead gorgeous. Yeah, Shayna is as well. She's beautiful, but fucking mental. But yeah, yes, uh, yeah. Anyway, what started as light-hearted funny banter, following a comment that Ryan had left on one of Audrey's Facebook posts. Oh, fucking Facebook, see? Yeah. See, it's spicy, isn't it, on there? This is 2012 as well, so, oi, oi. God, the shit I was saying on Facebook in 2012, embarrassing. (laughs) I get memories. When you get the reminders. I get memories of you two (laughs) commenting stuff on my Facebook posts, and it's fucking hilarious. (laughs) Oh. Oh, uh, do you remember though when Facebook first started and you were just like, it says like Rebecca and then you just put is in the shower or is doing something. So weird. It was just a load of that, a load of that shite for the beginning for me. I was like, oh, so boring. Do you remember? I was on Facebook when you could throw sheep at people. Oh, and poke people. And you could poke them and you could throw sheep at yeah, them. Yeah, we used yeah. to poke each other I completely lot. forgot about the sheep. Yeah. I had, a, I had a few poke walls going on. I'm pretty sure it was probably with me, Bex. Maybe. I think you might have been one of them. Yeah. I saw Tash too much to poke her. She poked me in real life. I could just go up and poke her in real life. One of the um, photos that I saw the other day, actually, uh, on my memories from ages ago, was Tash talking about dry humping me. No, oh. me talking about dry humping and Tash going, oh, who says it's going to be dry? <laughs> And to think, I was such a prude back then, as if I said that. (laughs) Who says it's going to be dry? So disgusting. (laughs) What a high. Anyway, let's keep going. Yeah, so eventually, following a comment that Ryan had left on one of her posts, a comment turned into banter, and banter turned into some private messaging. Oi, oi, wink, wink. Oi, oi. So eventually they actually agreed to meet up for a date. So setting up a date with Audrey would finally make Ryan end his on-again, off-again relationship with Shayna. The night of the meeting meeting up, it was on the 12th of October 2012, so Audrey, Miss Ohio, got herself glammed up, ready to, for the date. 
and headed to the agreed location. So they'd agreed to meet up at a, a local gas station, petrol station for us British. Romantic. Uh, and from there, we they were planning to go to a bar called the Milford Inn that okay. Audrey that, knew. That's a bit better. Yeah. Yeah, no, they weren't just going to, like, get a packet of crisps and sit in the car. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, uh, they were just meeting up there so that they could go together to the bar. So, anyway, Audrey got there and Ryan was late and she thought, well, maybe he'd misunderstood and just gone straight to the location. So she went to the Milford Inn and sat there for a while and he never turned up. So thinking that she'd been stood up, she left having no idea about what had really happened to Ryan. On the night of Ryan's date with Miss Ohio, Ryan was heading out the door, and who would he bump into? Da-da-da! Shayna. So he starts going out of the apartment, and then boom, there she is. So she's like, where are you going? Why are you dressed up like that? Why are you all sexy? Why have you got your your nice aftershave on? What's going on? He kind of went back into the apartment and half, not invited her in, but kind of she walked into his apartment. They started fighting. So she started lashing out at Ryan and he tried to push her away. Then all of a sudden, it cuts to later on when Shane is calling 911 saying that she shot her boyfriend multiple times and that he's dead. It's unclear because she keeps changing the story. You'll get to, you'll get to this in a minute. So she says that they started fighting and then that she shot him accidentally. What multiple times? Yeah, on a nine one one call, she said she said that it was self defense. She was immediately kind of claiming self defense. Please show up. Ryan was pronounced dead at the scene due to multiple gunshot wounds. Wow. Shana was taken into police custody for questioning. And what followed was one of the weirdest police interviews I've ever seen. So I do recommend, I'll give you the link to put this on. I do recommend watching the full full interview because she's uh, mental, absolutely mental. In the interview, everything is filmed. Even when they turn off the tape, you know, for the actual interview, they do leave the camera running in the interview room. Mm. Before it started... Uh, so it was caught on the camera, but before the actual interview started, Officer Lieutenant Fort Nash asked if she smoked, and Shana said yes, if she can smoke. So he left the room, and while he was leaving the room, Shana was making a noise as if she was crying. She was like, yeah, if I can. <laughs> like that. And the second that he shut the door, she was like, and just immediately stopped crying. It was just like, he shut the door and they just immediately stopped. Mm-hmm. Also, she was really hyper after answering a few questions. So she was like really jumpy and excited to be there. And then after a while of questioning, she said, no, I want a lawyer. So what happens when a suspect or whoever is who's being interviewed requests a lawyer. Detectives are no longer allowed to ask any questions that are related directly to the case. But that didn't stop Shana from ranting, so she wouldn't shut up. She was waiting for a lawyer to come and kept babbling and babbling, giving them all this information. So what Shana was saying to the officers in the interview room deviated from what she first told 911 operators. And this is supposed to be a super smart woman, right? So Yeah, but she's, she's really, 
You know when kids get giddy? Yeah. That's what she's like. Jumping around and really excited. You know, when you're trying to tell a a kid that's just eaten two packets of Smarties to sit still, that's what she looks like. It's weird. Because you you would think she would be aware that the 911 call was recorded and they were aware of what had been said. And Anyway, keep going. Yeah, well, on the 911 call, she said that she wrestled the gun out of Ryan's hand after he attempted to shoot her. And then she told police in the interview, well, in the rant that she was doing, that she retrieved the firearm from the table after it looked like he would hit her and she shot him. So this is um, some of the like recording from the, from the interview. Shana says, as he was laying up with his face on the table, so this is after she shot him for the first time. So he was laying with his face on the table, like twitching. So she said that she knew that he was going to die. I walked round the table and I shot him again in the head. I shot him probably six times. I shot him in the head. He fell to the ground and she was like, he was laying like this. And then she got down on the floor and laid how in the position that he was lying on the floor and then continued a little story while she was lying on the floor. She said that his glasses were still on. And he was twitching some more. So I shot him a couple more times just to make sure he was dead because I didn't want to watch him die. Wow. So that makes sense. I think think what she meant by that is she didn't want to see him twitching and suffer. She just wanted him to be dead. After the first shot, she knew that he was going to die or have a completely deformed face. And he's very vain. He even mentioned getting a nose job. And that was when she, when she'd shot him the first time. That's kind of in the area that she shot him. She says, I gave him his no job that he wanted. Oh, Jesus Christ, woman. <gasps> Horrible. She is a treat. Yeah, the detective, like, on the documentary that I saw, he said that his jaw just hit the floor. He was like, did she really just say that? He couldn't believe it. But because she was going on so much, she was actually tiring the detectives out. While they're still waiting for a lawyer to show up, the detectives like left the room at one point to go and do something. So Shana stands up, Shana even, Shana stands up and starts singing Amazing Grace. Oh, fucking hell. Starts doing pirouettes and starts going, help me. But like... She's a good singer. <laughs> Got to give her that. But she's really going for it. You know, like when people sing it in church. So at this point, I'm like, right, she's super smart. So either she's had like some kind of psychotic mental break or is she pretending that she's had a psychotic break? Wow, so she's just yeah. thinking, what can I do that's absolutely mental? Oh, I'll start singing and doing pirouettes. I don't know. It just... It's weird. It's almost as if she was on drugs, but she wasn't on drugs. It's really weird the way that she was acting. So that detective went out, but they came and like, they sat another one in there, just like a normal priest. priest. They sent another officer in there just to keep an eye on her. Sounds like she needs a fucking priest. (laughs) She was talking to this detective and she was wondering aloud if anyone would ever marry her now that they know that she killed her boyfriend in self-defense. Gonna say no to that one, love. Oh, although you never know, you never know. (laughs) Yeah, and when she was on her own in the room, she was, like, declaring to herself, I killed him, I killed him, like that. 
talking to this dude that was just sent into the room to keep an eye on her, who was just kind of sat on his chair with his arms crossed. Yeah. She kept babbling and saying, oh, you have really pretty teeth. Do you have, like, have you had your teeth done? Yeah. And like I said earlier, she just talked so much that officers just didn't want to stay in the room with her. Well, just shut the fuck up. Yeah. yeah. Murdering psychopath. Yeah. And then she was like, oh, if I have to go to jail, can you shower there or you just get, like, really dirty? So people that were in there with her that weren't doing, you know, while they were still waiting for the lawyer were just kind of switching off because so they wouldn't get burnt out. Yeah. She was, like, just talking to the cop. She was like, what are they going to do with me? And the guy was like, oh, I don't know. They just told me to sit in here with you. Like, <laughs> shut up. Yeah. So, and like I say, her story just kept changing, didn't say the same. So Shayla Hubers was charged with Ryan's murder on the 20th of December 2012 and on the 16th of January 2013 she entered a plea of not guilty to the murder charges. Okay. Yeah. So her defence said that Ryan was an abusive, unfaithful, demeaning and frequently was critical of her body and her sexual performance. Prosecutors say that Shayna was clingy, manipulative, and could not stand the thought of Ryan leaving her for another woman. On the 23rd of April 2015, after five hours of deliberation, a jury found Shayna Hubers guilty of Ryan's murder. The jury recommended a 40-year prison sentence. Good. Wow. Yeah. So after an appeal, she was sentenced to life imprisonment with the possibility of parole. Shana will have to serve at least 17 years before she can be considered for parole in 2032, which isn't that fucking far away, actually. And she is currently serving her sentence at the Kentucky Correctional Institute for Women in Pee Wee Valley, which sounds adorable. It does. Hmm. Yeah, so she's there at least until 2032, which is in less than 10 years now. Wow. Mm. But yeah. She's still got done for it. But. I mean, absolutely. There's no way. <laughs> you don't shoot six, someone six times and then go, in oh, self-defense. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not guilty. It's like, come on, fuck off. Yeah, the first shot would, be, would have been six, uh, self-defense, leaving him on the floor. And running away. Yeah, you, just, you run away. Yeah, yeah. you run away. Yeah. You don't stay there watching him twitch. No. Yeah. Watch it. Shoot him 10 times in the head. And also they had proof that she waited at least uh, 10 or 15 minutes before calling 911. So, yeah, she's... Uh, nuts. Yeah, crazy nuts. I, I, I 100% thought Audrey was going to get it. Yeah, I was worried when I was watching this, but no, Audrey's fine. I didn't want to mention Audrey too much because a lot of the stories just make it all about her because she was Miss Ohio. So I just thought, actually, no. But she she hasn't actually got that much to do with it. She was just going to meet a guy for a date. Yeah, she got stood up, well, stood up by him, so she thought. It was just yeah. like later on that she found out that, oh, God, he's he's died. Yeah, that must have been horrified, though. Imagine that you were waiting and possibly getting angry with someone that had just been shot by a crazy ex. Yeah. So it's a little bit traumatic. Yeah. And his poor, his poor sisters and his poor mum and dad. I mean, there's a, there was pictures of him at his graduation with his 
stepfather and his father and his mum. It was really sweet, like perfect co-parenting there, guys. Yeah. You know, I just thought it was really, really nice. And there we were going, red flag, guns, red flag. But it wasn't (laughs) him. It wasn't him. It was his own guns. Wouldn't have happened if he didn't have a gun in the house. But still, it's not him that used it. It's the crazy lady. Yeah. Well, fuck. Yeah, but she would. How how she would she have murdered him if she didn't have a gun? She'd have, I don't know, stabbed him. She was know. like she was tiny, teeny tiny compared to him. Yeah, but it's harder stabbing someone to death than it is just pulling a trigger. No, I think actually, if she'd started stabbing, she, he would have overpowered her, wouldn't he? Yeah, he was a lot taller than her. She only t- teeny tiny was uh, Shana, but yeah. Glad she's away. Teeny where she tiny belongs. bundle of crazy. Yeah, teeny tiny bundle of crazy. That's my story. Thanks, Bex. And uh, yeah, bless him and his family. And that first girlfriend. I bet she was fucking gutted. Yeah. No, everyone. Bless him. Poor guy. Yeah. Right. I imagine I might find a promo to stick in here for another podcast. So. Shall we stick it on? Stick it in, girl. Stick it in. Stick it in dry. (laughs) This Halloween, Octoberpod has the double-double for your toil and trouble. Tune in to Octoberpod AM wherever you get podcasts on October 24th to hear The Spirit Dog. A spooktacular new audio drama starring your favorite indie podcasters and written by maniacs. Then on Halloween Day, visit OctoberPod Home Video on YouTube where Edward October will be telling Halloween bedtime stories. A family-friendly special that's perfect for getting your children up the night off to sleep. Yes, it's double the Halloween fright and double the Halloween fun when you listen to OctoberPod AM's presentation of The Spirit Doll on October 24th, wherever you get podcasts. And watch OctoberPod home videos, bedtime stories for Halloween, narrated by Edward October. Find OctoberPod on the World Wide Web at October. OctoberPodVHS.com OctoberPod Retro Horror for bold individualists Pull the strings Right, what's your story, babes? Okay, so my story's a bit different this week. It's not actually paranormal, but it is quite spine-chilling. Imagine feeling ill. Going to bed. (laughs) Imagine feeling ill. No, we don't have to imagine. We live it. We are just ill. But yeah, you're ill, you go to bed in the hope that it will pass after a good night's sleep. We've all done it. When you awake, it's dark. The air feels thick and musty. You stretch out your arms to feel your surroundings and you feel wood. (laughs) I've just realised what I've heard. (laughs) Yeah, that's what happens to me some mornings. Yeah, me too. Stretch my arm out and feel feel a little bit of wood. Got some wood. Yeah, no, come on. (laughs) All right. Come loud. (laughs) (laughs) You stretch out your arms and you feel your surroundings and you feel wood surrounding you in every direction. 
It's your dream, that Tash, isn't it, babe? Literally my dream. <laughs> you scream. You kick. Oh! <laughs> that was good. Just doing your sound effects. Yeah, no, that's good. I won't have to add any there. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> you can- <laughs> what were the dirty laughs that we just both did? <laughs> <laughs> You kick and punch the wood above you, but it's no good. There's no escape and no one Oh no. And no one oh, can this... hear you. I hate it. it... I hate it. I just realise what you're saying. It's Oh my god. It's at that point that you realise <sighs> the horrifying reality that you've been buried alive. Ah! Yeah, it's not cool, is it? I hate it. This is my nightmare. One of them anyway. And then you have to think all those hours watching Kill Bill and when she had to get out the coffin, will they help or will they just not? Can't remember you, Kill Bill. Have you watched that? I mean, yeah, yeah I can't to, remember though. She has to break out of a, a coffin, I think. So she has to put a hand there and punch loads of times until she breaks out. Spoiler alert, but if you haven't seen Kill Bill by now, well, you're an idiot. <laughs> or, well, not an idiot, but you know, you've had a the bit, time. A bit harsh, a bit harsh, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the idea calling everyone an idiot tonight <laughs> the idea of being put in a coffin and buried while not quite dead terrifies me to the core i can't even begin to fathom the absolute terror people must feel it would be great to be able to reassure ourselves that it could never happen but as these stories will show it has happened many times and not all as long ago as we would like to think so Shankill Graveyard, which is a terrifying name for a graveyard, Shankill. Shank? Shankill, yeah. Oh. Shankill Graveyard is a historical site in Belfast dating back to 1306, so that's pretty fucking old. Your The cemetery is no longer used as a burial site, but people can still go and wander around the eerie gravestones and find out about some of the gruesome stories that go with them. So that's a ca- family day out. Yeah, Tash yeah. and, you know, take the kids. You'd love it. I actually really would. One such story is about a lady called Marjorie McCall. Her tombstone reads simply, lived once, buried twice. In 1695, Marjorie fell ill with a fever. She must have slipped into a coma as her family believed her to be dead and very quickly held awake and buried her. So people used to be buried quickly because of rapid decay due to the lack of refrigeration and the fear of disease spreading. So, yeah, if you died a long time ago, basically, like you could be buried the next day. Not long after her burial, grave robbers arrived planning to steal a valuable ring she was buried with. As they couldn't remove it, they decided to cut off her finger. Imagine their surprise when her eyes shot open and she screamed at them. The robbers ran off in fright and Marjorie climbed out and dusted herself off before returning home. She knocked at the door and her husband said to their children, if I hadn't buried your mother myself, I would swear that was her knock. He opened the door, saw his wife standing there and promptly fainted. When he came to, his hair had turned completely white. Marjorie went on to live for another few years, even having another baby before dying for real this time, I hope, and being buried for a second time. 
But imagine the horrendous death that would have awaited her if the grave robbers hadn't wanted her ring. It doesn't bear thinking about. Oh, that's horrible. Terrifying. Everything about that is horrible, apart from the fact that she was okay for a while afterwards. And She didn't actually wake up, though. It was only when they were trying to cut off her finger that she kind of came to, so she didn't have that panic. She was just like, oh... I'm in the ground. I better climb out. (laughs) Why am I in this hole? Yeah. I must have had too much to drink. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, and her husband, his hair just going white all of a sudden. It's crazy. That's a thing, isn't it? It is like a real thing where people have a proper fright and their hair turns white. I don't understand that. I don't know how it can happen. Yeah, it's very strange. It's shock, isn't isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard of the whole head going white, but I've heard of people having a streak of white in the hair because of shark. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, imagine if she got there and he'd like already moved the mistress in. Well, I think we're talking like the day after. <laughs> yeah, I'll put it past some people. Well, I suppose so. 1300s. He probably had a few yeah. on the go. Also, I imagine being a grave robber. What horrid things. I know that's a horrible thing to do. But you'd have to have the stomach for it. Imagine, like, popping over open people's coffins and, like, when they're all bubbly and bloaty and... Juicy. Well, juicy. Did you say dying? (laughs) I mean, hopefully they're already dead. Well, she she potentially was dying. But I think they did it quickly, didn't they, grave robbers? Yeah. Well, I hope so. They didn't, like, have coffee around the the corpse. (laughs) No, what I mean is like quickly after the burial. You idiot. Well, Tash said grave robbers, didn't she? Or was it like the grave grave diggers? Did it quickly meaning like she'd been buried and the next night they were there digging her up? Not that they spent their time with the corpse. (laughs) Catching up with old Gerald before they pop his lid back on. (sighs) All right, no, I misunderstood. Numpty. Anyway, I didn't understand. Ten years later, a woman called Alice Blunden from Basingstoke drank some poppy water and fell unconscious. The doctor came out and did the breath test holding a mirror in front of her nose and mouth. He declared her dead. Her husband, being away on business, asked the family to wait for him to return before burying her. However, they didn't listen because Alice was a rather large lady and the weather was warm, and they thought, and probably rightly so, that she would decay quickly because of the heat, and it would be a quite horrendous thing to watch considering her size. So they squeezed her into a coffin using sticks to push her down to make her fit, and buried her. I mean, that arse, though. (laughs) Yeah. I should have just made a hole in the bottom of the coffin so a little little bum could go through. <laughs> so the next day, some schoolboys who were playing around the graves said they heard her muffled cries for help. They ran to tell their headmaster, but he didn't believe them. The day after that, he decided he better check just in case they were telling the truth. And sure enough, he too heard the faint cries coming from underground. My Now, obviously, being a stupid man, he decided not to start digging her up himself, but to go about things properly and get the correct authorizations before exhuming the coffin. 
The family was called and they all saw Alice bruised and bleeding from trying to battle her way out of the tight coughing, but she didn't appear to be alive anymore. So they decided to rebury her and have a guard stand over her grave overnight to make sure that she was indeed dead. The weather that night was horrible, and the guard thought there was no way Alice would... Fuck this shit, I'm off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, basically. The guard thought there was no way Alice would come back to life for a second time, so he took himself off to the pub. In the morning, the family returned with the coroner to examine the body to find out how such a mistake could have been made. When they opened the coffin, they were horrified to see poor Alice's body torn to shreds. Her hair had been pulled out and she had ripped off her own mouth. She had indeed woken up a second time, but as no one was there to hear her, she had the most agonising and terrifying death. No one was held accountable for Alice's premature burials. However, the town did receive a large fine due to neglect. I'm not sure why she ripped her mouth off. Panic. She was panicking. So massive lady, really tight coffin. She can't get out. She knows what's happening because it's happened before. She's now been buried alive twice. And uh, yeah, just panic. Just scratching at herself, pulling her hair out, pulling off her own mouth, which sounds horrendous. Fuck me. You've got to pull some to do that, haven't you? Yes, indeed. So that was poor Alice Blunden. Poor Alice, indeed. That's horrible. That is just the worst. And also... I am shook. Like, what kind of family members are using sticks to make you fit in a coffin? Like, just... Just just make a bigger coffin. (laughs) Yeah. It was really like, just get that little bit of flubber in and... <laughs> breathe in for goodness sake, Alice. I, c- I can't breathe, I'm dead. I'm alive. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, well, we don't have to shove me in here anymore. Awful, awful. In f- horrific. February of 1884, Anna Hockwalt died suddenly the day of her brother's wedding. The doctor said oh, no. she had died from excitement about the celebrations ahead, which is yeah, doubtful. That makes sense. Doubtful. I'm so excited. I'm going to drop dead. I'm dead. It's the type of thing people used to die of that, like, literally nobody dies of anymore. Who dies of excitement? Not me. Well, not me. Anyway, and especially for your brother's wedding. I mean, it's happy day and all that, but it's not like, oh, is it? <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'd definitely be happy for him, but I'm not going to die. <laughs> I'll tell him that. I'm like, I am really happy, Jack. I hope you don't tell me. I hope you don't uh, take it bad that I'm not going to die of excitement. <laughs> I'm sure he'd rather I didn't. I love you so much. I'm so happy. I'm going to just die. I'm just going to die now. Bye. So anyway, Anna died. I'd die to be petty about something, definitely. (laughs) But not of excitement. (laughs) I don't like you, so I'm just going to die on your wedding day. (laughs) And then ruined it forever. (laughs) But it didn't, because the wedding went ahead. But... It was oh. it was a bit of a shitty wedding, obviously, because it was my party and I'd die if I want to. <laughs> uh, 
Go on then. It, I'll stop so interrupting you now. It's fine. It's fine. The wedding went ahead, uh, but obviously it was a bit of a shitty day because everybody was really sad. Yeah, um, Pi was dead. Yeah. <laughs> the next day, the family buried Anna. Her friends were concerned about how alive she looked. Her skin was still rosy and warm to touch. Well, she ain't fucking dead then, is she? Twats. But even so, the burial continued. Her friends could not shake the uneasy feeling that she had been buried alive, and eventually her parents agreed to dig her up to make sure. When they did, they were shocked to see her body turned on her side. Clumps of hair pulled out, her fingers were worn down to the bone, and deep scratches could be seen all around the coffin. She was quickly reburied, and the affair was rarely spoken about. And that's that. No, no, no comment. I don't like anything anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm just worried to go to sleep ever. Yeah. Any excitement, you know, God. In 1915, 30-year-old Essie Dunbar from South California was declared dead after a fatal epileptic fit. So she's buried the next day, giving time for her sister to travel and be present for the funeral. However... She was delayed and only arrived in time to see the last shovel of dirt be thrown onto her sister's coffin. She was furious and demanded the coffin be brought back up so she could see Essie to say goodbye. Upon opening the lid, Essie sat up and smiled at everyone present. She went on to live for another 47 years. That's um, definitely not dead then. She was definitely not dead. Oh, I think how many people must have been buried alive. I don't, I can't. It's terrifying. Because oh. these, are, these are the only ones we know about because they were dug back yeah. up. Yeah. Didn't, unless you're going to mention this later, didn't they put a bell on people's fingers? They did indeed. I'm pretty sure I do mention it in a bit. Oh, well, well cut that out then. No, it's fine. Everybody knows about the bells. The bells, the bells. Ringing right. the bells, na, 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 na. Everyone is dead, maybe not him. You oh. can ring my bell. If you're still alive. <laughs> Ding-a-ling-a-ling. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. All right, easy. We're not on fucking Christmas. <laughs> Get out. Get out. <laughs> 19-year-old Angelo Hayes crashed his motorcycle straight into a brick wall in 1937. He suffered extensive head injuries and was so disfigured his parents weren't allowed to see him. He was declared dead upon arrival at the hospital and three days later a funeral was held. Two days after the funeral, the insurance company asked to have the body exhumed for examination as he found it suspicious that his father had taken out a life insurance policy for him a few days prior to his death. When they opened the grave, Hayes was warm and looked very much alive. He was taken to hospital and after multiple surgeries and rehabilitation, he went on to live a long life. He even invented a type of safety coffin that held a toilet, a food locker and a library. Oh, wow. (laughs) So, yeah. But I hope there was a light down there, because how are you going to be reading books? Well, there must be a light. I like the, the idea that it's like, right, what are the, necess- the necessities? Food, poos, and books. Yeah. 
Well, there was no Netflix back then, so books were basically Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That obviously didn't take off because I had I haven't heard about library coffins. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think it took off, like you say. So he wasn't actually the first to invent such a contraption. The fear of being buried alive or taphophobia has been present in the human mind for centuries. That's why things like bells, like we were saying, or flags would be attached to the dead person's hand so they had a way to call for help if they woke up inside a coffin. Safety coffins allowing people to breathe or escape were also invented. I even found a patent for a smart coffin with a screen so that the family could play music or talk to their dearly departed. By looking at the diagram, it also appears that there's a camera installed inside so that people can check on the body from the comfort of their own front rooms. That would be a hard pass for me, and probably the reason it's not a wildly used device. Imagine watching your loved one decay while you play some type of meditation music. No thanks. Yeah, that sounds nice. I try and comfort myself that I will donate the organs that are of use and be cremated. After all, you never hear of people being burnt alive by mistake. But then again... (laughs) No! What? But then again, why would you? If someone's being cremated, then... Oh, well, that's very hot very quickly. I don't think it'll be alive for very long at all. Still not very pleasant to think about, though. I know. Oh, imagine that. Oh. In eastern China, there is a government ban on burials, so cremation is automatic. However, in 2017, as a wealthy man named Huang was on his deathbed, he requested of his family that they find a way to bury him and not have him cremated. This was a big ask, as they now had to find someone to cremate while secretly burying Huang. But money can buy you anything, right? So they found a guy willing to exchange bodies for the family for around $20,000. What the family didn't know what was, the, was that the body he found was alive and well. Ooh, plot twist. Lin Shaoren, a 36-year-old man with Down syndrome, was walking, oh. by the, was walking by the side of the road when the hired hand found him and forced him to drink large amounts of alcohol until he became unconscious. He then nailed him into a coffin and swapped it with Huang's before sending it off to be cremated. Huang got his dying wish and was buried in a secluded area. However, poor Lin was cremated alive. The only reason we know this story is because is because Lynn was reported missing and the police vid- uh, and the police found video evidence of his abduction. But it certainly makes you think how many times has somebody been cremated whilst alive? That's, I mean, ugh. That is horrific. And also, if you're going to do that, I just think you should at least have a little bit of, a little shred of decency to kill someone and not just let them burn alive. How horrible is that? Yeah, yeah, just and like even as a serial, even like I swear, some serial killers would be like, "Oh, come on, that's that's too far." Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, horrific! That's pretty poor man. You know, if you're gonna do it, do a job properly. Yeah, if you're gonna burn someone that didn't, you know, that had nothing to do with the whole thing, I just people disgust me. 
Yeah. Oh, he was a piece of shit for sure. I can tell you, Emma, that this is probably the one that I'm that I'm gonna be awake thinking about because this is the sort of shit that keeps me up at night as it is. What happens yeah. if I wake up in a coffin and I have to get out? Well, that's why, why I did it because I was like, okay, paranormal ghosts. Yeah, we get UFOs. Uh, okay, uh, but you know, spine chilling. There are there's a shit ton of stuff that's fucking terrifying out there. Oh god, yeah, yeah there is. Ugh, I hate everything. But still, if you undergo an autopsy or are an organ donor, you can definitely think, okay, I'll be dead for sure, right? <laughs> well. 29-year-old Gonzalo Montoya from Spain might disagree with you there. He was in the highest security area of a prison when he became unwell. When he didn't show up for the head count, the guards found him blue and unresponsive. He was declared dead and sent to the mortuary in a body bag. An autopsy was to be performed and just as the pathologists finished marking his body before incision... He woke up. The family was overjoyed at the news, but also furious with the jail. An investigation had been opened to find out exactly what went wrong. Luckily for Gonzalo, he woke up just before the first cut was given. So much cannot be said for Carlos Camejo. Camero? Camero. Or Camejo. Either one. A Venezuelan man who was declared dead after a road accident and taken to the morgue. The coroners made the initial cut through his face and were shocked to see him bleed. They understood their error straight away and began stitching up the wound, but Carlos woke up due to the indescribable pain. Imagine the family's confusion as they came to identify the body, but were instead met with Carlos being alive and well. I know this story didn't evolve anything paranormal, but I actually think this is worse now, not only do we have to be afraid of being alive and murdered by some psycho or haunted by some demonic entity, we can't even die in peace. When I go, can someone hook me up with one of those smart coffin thingies, please? And I think Tash and Bex would have dibs to watch me, just in case. A hundred percent, I will watch you dead. <laughs> I'm not going to watch babes. you go mouldy, Emma. <laughs> you, you would, wouldn't you? No, absolutely wouldn't. What? Oh, no, I wouldn't want you go mouldy. I'll, 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 I'll listen out for your bell, but that would sh- You're if shit. You're shit friend. <laughs> nah, I'll no, do listen. It, as well, I'd, I'd listen out for your bell, but if it happens at night, I'm not going out until it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. You can well. wait. I can All wait. right. I'll insert a straw for you to breathe through. Breathe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And yeah, I'll be like, and, right. I, and then I'd forget, and then like, oh shit. <laughs> I think by the point that I'm going mouldy, you can probably think, I think she's dead. I think she is. She wasn't lying. She's yeah. definitely dead. Definitely dead. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I think uh, all of that's horrible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not joyful, is it? No, I hated everything. Really yeah. interesting, but horrible. Yeah. Not a fan of it. Because I honestly, I've always thought... Because I have this fear of being buried, so I don't want to be buried. And I've always thought, organ donor, get rid of all the stuff that they can use, then cremation, and then jobs are good, you know? Yeah. But now I'm like, fucking hell, what if I wake up on the autopsy table? Ugh, like, what if they've removed my eyes and I wake up? 
Oh, another one of my fear is that that locked in syndrome. Yeah, horrific. Oh, that's awful. Mm. That's awful. When people think like you're brain dead and you're they're going to turn the machine off and you're actually just like in there internally screaming. Oh, awful. Yeah, horrible. Yeah, awful. Yeah. So I hope you enjoyed that. And that's me done. I did really enjoy I did it, enjoy but it. I'm Thank also you. terrified. Good. I don't want to sleep. Don't want to go anywhere in the car or a motorbike. Don't uh, worry. I'll give you a good poke with a stick or something to just double check if you die. If you should throw a sheep at me, like a yeah. like in Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, shall we wrap it much, up? Ems. Oh yeah, you're more than welcome. Let's wrap it up. Okay. Um, how do we end this again? Thanks so much for listening to us this week, guys. We hope you enjoyed our first episode back. Um, remember, you can get us everywhere you listen to your podcasts. In the meantime, stay safe. Don't kill people. And keep it weird. Bye. Bye. So I just burped into the microphone. That's delightful. <laughs> Come on, Becky. At least my dog shut up and stopped pissing on stuff. Well, no, not really. She's a, is she a mongrel? Well, she doesn't like to be called a mongrel, no, actually. <laughs> Poppy, stop. And he'd, he'd even mentioned getting a blue, uh, get a blue job.